Well, hello everyone, and welcome to this recording of our service from Selston Baptist Church on Sunday, the 27th of September. Particularly special moment, given that it was uh, my privilege at the start of the service to say welcome not only to the many people who are watching in the homes, like you are probably doing now as you catch up, but also to some who were physically gathering and meeting in the church building for the first time. It's really exciting that at least a few of us were able to do that on a Sunday morning. And uh, if you are interested in joining with us at half past 10 for future viewings of these services, we would be glad to see you. There are details uh, on our website and through the usual uh, communication channels about how you can book uh, a place at one of those viewings. During this service, we were continuing our sermon series on Romans, thinking about chapter 13 and Paul's call to the Christians in Rome to be responsible citizens, uh, a topic which feels especially relevant in our current situation with more talk of lockdowns and when we can leave the pub and uh, wearing our face masks in restaurants. So we hope you will be challenged and encouraged as we come together and worship God and reflect on his word. Let's come before our great God now and offer him our thanks and our praise. And we'll do that after this week's SBC News. Welcome to this week's SBC News. I'm John. And I'm Sylvia. Our next Walk In Together, but at a distance, is next Sunday, 6th of October. However, due to the continuing guidance that only up to six people of different households can meet outside socially distancing, we have decided that it would be best for Walk In Together to continue to be about the choices you want to make as to who you want to walk with and where to go. Maybe you could ask someone whom you haven't seen for a while to walk with you. Have a think about who you might ask, someone from the church or perhaps a neighbour. If you still feel you want to be careful about who you want to meet up with, or perhaps shielding, that is okay. There is no pressure either way. Feel free to share photos or videos of the walk on the SBC Facebook, if you're on Facebook so that we can enjoy each other's walks. We hope that later in the autumn, should restrictions be relaxed, we can go back to our usual organised group walks. Remember to join us online at 7pm when Trevor will be bringing us the latest Gospel reflection from Matthew chapter 18 verses 19 to 20, where two or three are gathered. On Thursday evening, Martin will be catching up with another member of our church family. These are available on YouTube and Instagram, so you can watch at any time to catch up. Perhaps you like listening to podcasts. You can even now find SBC on Spotify. Whether you are walking the dog, travelling or in the car, you can now listen to the sounds of SBC, including the services and the reflections, whenever you want. 
If you have a voice device, you can listen on that too. Just click follow the podcast on Spotify and then ask your device to play church at home. On the 1st of October, we are planning to have a parents meetup. This is for parents of children aged 11 to 18. We hope that this will be a time to share how the church can support our children's development, get a better understanding of the youth work and our future plans, and more importantly, spend some time praying for them. Please can I encourage you to make a space for this. It will really help us all. And a reminder, we are now running a Sunday youth meetup at the church from 6pm to 7.30pm. Contact Martin for details. And finally, the October edition of our Insight magazine is now available. Thanks once again to Eleanor for her professional editing in putting it all together. This This has has been been SBC News. Benedictio Domini.
we're going to be singing bless the lord oh my soul and we're inviting you to join us as we worship together
Lord, we just want to thank you once again um, for a new day, Lord, to enter into your presence, to experience your presence and to give of ourselves true worship to you, Lord God. Father, we know that you inhabit the praises of your people and we just want to sacrifice our own thoughts and things to you, Lord God, right now and put you in the highest place in our thoughts as we worship you and exalt you and lift you up and esteem you as our God and King and Saviour and Master and Lord. Thank you, Lord.
your great love for us. Thank you, Lord. And so we are set free to serve you. The reading today is from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 13, Submission to the Authorities. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right and he will commend you. For he is God's servant to do you good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant an agent of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also because of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants, who give their full time to governing. Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honour, then honour. Let no debt remain outstanding, except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. The commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and whatever other commandment there may be, are summed up in this one rule, love your neighbour as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbour, therefore love is the fulfilment of the law. And do this understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over, the day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armour of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Amen. Well, thanks, Chris and Maggie, for bringing us that reading. Let's take a bit of time to reflect on it now and consider what it might say to us in our current situation. Before that, a brief detour. I want to take you back just two years and talk about an incident which many of you might recall. It was June 2018 and there was a major controversy developing because of events taking place on the border of the United States and Mexico. Specifically, the policy of the Trump administration to separate immigrant children from their families. And I guess that many of us will remember that story and some of the 
very disturbing images we saw at the time of children in, in terrible distress in immigration camps. And so there was also some controversy when the US Attorney General, Jeff Sessions, made the following statement in defense of the government's actions. I would cite you to the Apostle Paul, he said, and his clear and wise command in Romans 13 to obey the laws of the government because God has ordained them for the purpose of order. And in fact, he wasn't the only senior figure in the administration to go down this route. Uh, the White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders said something similar. In her words, it is very biblical to enforce the law. It seems to me that you have in that story a really good and recent example of the sort of questions which come to mind when we read Romans 13. This is a passage which has been called upon by all manner of regimes whose policies and actions we would rightly see as unchristian, used by them to justify their behaviour. So does it really offer carte blanche to any government to do whatever it pleases? I want us to take a bit of time to think about that issue now uh, in the first part of, of this reflection. But I also want to make sure we don't just focus on this issue of, of how we relate to the authorities, because I think there are other uh, important themes we need to consider as we look at this chapter. But first of all, let me offer a couple of thoughts. Here are four principles which I think we find here uh, and we can take from what Paul says about governments. So you're ready. Let's, let's go through them now. Firstly, Paul says here that governments are good. Having people in positions of authority is a good thing. They bring order and stability to the world. And this is a view which would have been typical for Jewish Christians like Paul in the first century. Peter says something very similar in his first letter. He talks there about governors being sent by God to punish those who do wrong and commend those who do right. And that might seem like a surprise to us, especially when we think that these Christians lived in the Roman Empire. They were ruled by people who had as bad a track record as you'll find when it came to brutality. But still the Bible talks of those who rule over us as fulfilling a God-ordained function. We should be thankful for those who serve by being leaders. We should be thankful for those who serve us by maintaining law and order and providing services we need. And whether it's Jews in Babylon, who we thought about a few months ago, uh, who were told to seek uh, the good of Babylon, the shalom of Babylon, whether it is Christians in Rome, whether it is us in Selsden in 2020, respecting rulers is a good thing to do. Respecting the things rulers do for the sake of the common good is important. If the government says work from home to save lives or wear a mask when you go to the shops, we need to heed that advice. Secondly, 
I think it's worth reminding ourselves of a particular reason Paul gives for having people to rule over us. And it links back to the end of chapter 12. So you might remember how last week's reading finished by telling us that the job of, of punishing evil needs to be left to God. And, and now in Romans 13, we find the rulers and authorities being described as agents of wrath. So I think there's another principle here we need to pay attention to. You know, we, we can't have a situation where people just take the law into their own hands, where justice is delivered by individuals carrying out their own punishments. This process needs to be regulated, to be overseen in a proper way and to proper standards. But thirdly then, Paul does say some things which the powers that be in Rome would struggle with. See, another thing you have to remember when you read this passage is the way the Roman emperors would have thought of themselves and spoken of themselves. In Rome, the emperor was seen as God, was spoken of as divine, was thought of as permitted to act uh, in any which way they pleased. So for Paul to say, no, actually that's not the case, there is a higher power than Caesar, there is a God to whom all of the gods and all of the rulers must bow, that was a statement that, that wouldn't have played well in Rome. But this is another crucial aspect of what scripture says about rulers. They are put in place by God, and that means God will judge them for the treatment of the poor and vulnerable, for how they uphold justice. If they overstep the mark, it will be God they are answerable to in this world or the next. Pharaoh was told by Moses to let God's people go. And he learns a hard lesson when he doesn't obey. And in the same way, rulers are accountable to God. Part of what it means for us to be responsible, godly citizens will be for us to hold those rulers to account on occasions. There are a number of times when we see Paul in Acts before pagan judges and he reminds them of the responsibilities. So, yes, submit to the authorities. But when they overstep the mark, when they act in ways which are unjust, which are racist, which oppress the poor, speak out, campaign against them, call them out. Some of the greatest changes in history have taken place when Christians have protested and said they won't accept the status quo. Think, for example, of Martin Luther King and his leadership of the civil rights movement. And then just one more principle. I think Paul says here, fourthly, just be wise as you do all of this. I, I think we need to recognise that there is a pragmatic dimension to what Paul is saying here. As I said earlier, the Romans were a tough and brutal regime. Christians had to be wise and careful about how they lived, given the threat of persecution uh, and a threat which, which became much more real in the years after Paul wrote this letter. And I think that explains what Paul says in verse 4. Be afraid, for rulers do not bear the sword for no reason, 
I think he's saying, mind how you go and be careful and to live with some fear is sensible when the threat of punishment is, is so real and present. Now, I hope that helps in terms of working through the whole issue of what is really being said here about how we relate to the powers that be. And yet we also need to see that there are other bigger issues being spoken of here and, and bigger challenges about how we live. So here's Paul. He's talking about what it means for these Christians to be responsible citizens of Rome. And he talks about uh, obedience to authorities. He talks about paying taxes. I don't think any of us would struggle with this. I hope that we all do that in SBC uh, and fill out our tax returns in an honest way and keep to the speed limits and, and wear our masks when we shop. But actually, Paul is calling us here to do far more than that. I think you can make a strong case for saying that the key statement of Romans 13 is found in verse 8. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. This is what it comes down to, well, what it always comes down to when we follow Jesus. It's not about keeping on the right side of the rules. It's not about compliance. It's about love. Paul speaks of a debt or an obligation to love. Think again of these, how many were there? 100, 200 Christians in this massive city of Rome. Think of all the pagan temples and shrines. Think of the power of the emperor and all the soldiers who don't bear the sword for no reason. Think of the slaves in the churches, many of whom serve demanding masters. Paul says to these Christians, your biggest obligation, the people around you, it is to show love. In many ways, I think what Paul is saying here is a continuation of what we looked at last week, of, of what he talks about in chapter 12, about blessing those who persecute us, about overcoming evil with good, about seeking to live at peace with everyone. Things that were so radically different to how the Roman Empire thought, to the kind of might is right, uh, whoever is strongest gets the way perspective of the Romans. And, and so, you know, being a responsible citizen of Selsdon, from the perspective of Romans 13, it's about far more than whether or not I've paid my taxes and cleaned up my litter. It's about questions like, um, you know, how much kindness have I shown today? Especially to those who weren't so kind to me. How many situations of, of, of tension have I escalated or have I calmed down? Have I looked out for those who are vulnerable in my streets? Have I been someone who's helped people come together or have I driven them apart, put wedges between them? Have I spoken well and generously to others in person and on social media? Uh, am I speaking words of hope? 
to those around me, especially now when there is so much fear and so much uncertainty. Paul writes of the need to show love. And then he finishes by offering one more piece of advice to these followers of Jesus, another statement which I think puts into perspective what has gone before. Do you remember how he challenges the church he runs to remember what time it is? And how he tells them the time himself in verse 12. The night is nearly over, the day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armour of light. Do you remember last week Denzel preached to us in Romans 12, he spoke to us about the need for the Christians in Rome not to be conformed to the present age. And here is Paul doing the same thing. He's reminding us that the present age is the age of darkness and, and he's reminding us to live as people who have a higher allegiance and ultimate obedience to King Jesus, who are formed by a different set of values. And I realise that Rome in the first century is a very different place to London in the 21st century. But a lot of the challenges of living for Jesus are the same. When you live in a place where there is a lot of wealth around, a lot of power, uh, a lot of possibilities for getting ahead, for advancement, for climbing the ladder, for, for just being comfortable and not being inconvenienced by anyone else, you, you can be seduced. You can think that this is all that matters. It can seem so big and impressive that you fall into the trap of thinking it will last forever. But it won't. Everything we see around us, it'll be gone one day. God's going to call time on it. God's going to make his rule complete. And Paul reminds the Romans here, the night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So we need to do the sensible and wise thing. We don't buy into the values of the present age, but we choose to live differently. We choose to clothe ourselves with Jesus. I wonder what Paul would be saying to us now if he'd written a letter and it was someone like Phoebe going around the home groups in SBC giving advice. I wonder if he might say something like, you know, clothe yourself with Jesus and live for the kingdom of God because time is nearly up for the empires and the multinationals. Clothe yourself with Jesus and live a life of helping the poor because time is nearly up for injustice. Time is nearly up for the detention camps on the borders. Clothe yourself with Jesus and live a life of service because time is nearly up for anyone who thinks greed is good. Clothe yourself with Jesus and build bridges and friendships with people who are different to you and be reconciled to them because time is nearly up for the bigots and the racists and the people who hold on to their grudges and vendettas. Know what time it is. Live in the time which is breaking in. Clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 
The song that we're about to sing is Great Are You, Lord. And it's a reminder of the breath that we have been gifted and reminding us that we should praise him for this breath and just appreciate the life that we have. We give Great. 
Well, friends, thank you again for joining us. I do hope you've been helped, uh, blessed, and uh, encouraged by being with us today. And I also hope you'll be able to join us soon in the foyer. If you haven't done so before, these are always good times, great opportunity to work out together what we think we've heard from God, how we're going to apply it to our lives in the coming weeks and months. But for now, let me finish by praying for you. And as I pray, can I remind you again what time it is? Not a reminder that it's nearly 11.30 and time to get a coffee and come to the foyer, but a reminder of what the time really is. It's daybreak. The night is nearly over and a new day is about to begin. So I pray for you as you wake up and step into the daylight. I pray for you as you get dressed, as you clothe yourselves with Christ. I pray for you with all the obligations you have this week. What you really owe to the people around you is love. And I pray God would give lots and lots of his love to you to share with everyone you meet. Be blessed, friends, and be a blessing. Amen. Bye for now, and I'll see you soon.